This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 418 of the Dressage Radio Show. Well, you might have noticed that I'm neither Reese nor Philip. Everyone at the Horse Radio Network is out recharging their batteries this week. So sit back and enjoy this previously aired masterpiece from the Horse Radio Network Audio Vaults. Today, we've got Richard Malgram joining us again to talk about longlining. Hillary Moore Hebert will be with us, and today we've got a great trainer tip. Well, Reese, tell us what you've been up to lately. Yeah, so, you know, we always get into things. That's one of the bonuses of living here. Um, USDF asked us, Ashley and I, to do a demonstration uh, yesterday and today for the IEA, which is the Interscholastic Equestrian Association. And, um, I, you know, I, I don't know. There, there were a lot of people in the stands. And I will, obviously, you know, we do the show. And, uh, but I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm in my office, usually in my pajamas. Um, you know, I'm never like in front <laughs> yeah, of anybody. You're not really in front of people. anybody right now. No, exactly. I'm not in front of anyone. I'm sitting by my dog with me, you know, hanging out. Um, so it's different, you know, so it was fun to do a demo where I see people. Uh, so that was fun. So, um, the IEA is a great association. Um, they have 42 states now that are a part of it and it's for, uh, private and middle school and secondary schools to promote equestrian sports. So they're working on um, having a dressage component. So it was really fun. It was fun. Ashley um, rode Giacomo, uh, who's her Grand Prix horse. And so it's always fun to take one out and, and let him show off a little. Jack was very proud of himself uh, both days. It was really cute. Um, and so it was really fun. So we got to do that. There's a big horse show there this weekend. Um, like I said, I looked up and there were a lot of people looking at us. So, uh, that, that's always fun. So that was good. And, cool. you know, cool. just getting back in routine. I think we're, we're about there. <laughs> I still <laughs> find things like, oh, we didn't clean out the trailer yet. <laughs> like, and like, still yeah, yeah, a little so bit of things. All the little jobs that nobody really wanted to do. Yeah, exactly. Un- unpacking this or that. Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, so, sure. yeah, so very good. But everything is good. How about you, Phil? Yeah, pretty good. I mean, awesome. uh, sort of up and down with the weather and, and all of that. So uh, we're just um, trying to map out everybody's show plans this summer so that yeah, I can get you. to as much stuff as, you know, my students are going to. And and uh, it looks like it's going to be busy. So um, yeah, yeah look forward you guys to it. Shorten, you really have a shortened season. Yeah, you know, shortened you season. Yeah. yeah. So you have to pack in as much as possible over Eight to twelve weeks, sort of yeah, thing. Crazy. So, yeah, it's crazy. You're eight to twelve good. weeks. Well, we we go like to November, and you're like, I'm done. I'm always jealous. I'm like, oh. but you you you're much more packed and much more tight than than we are um, here. So, so that's very good. Well, we have a Funny. really good show. Yeah. So right after this commercial, we're going to come back with Hillary Moore Hebert, contributing editor from Dressage Today. Jen here, host of the Horse Tip Daily Show on the Horse Radio Network. The way consumers interact with the brands they have trusted for years and those they are about to fall in love with for the first time is becoming more and more mobile, literally, and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. Podcasts or internet radio shows like this one 
Combine the new consumer preference for on-demand information and entertainment with the power of niche market audiences. Advertising on the Horse Radio Network podcasts allows you to reach the equestrian consumer using today's preferred on-demand delivery system. It's cost-effective and flexible, able to reinforce your existing marketing and social media strategies. To learn more about advertising on this show or any of the shows on the Horse Radio Network, contact us at 859-951-2022 or you can email us at glenn at horseradionetwork.com. That's glenn with two N's at horseradionetwork.com. Come and join the Horse Radio Network family. You'll enjoy the ride. Well, this is our favorite segment of the month. We are so happy to have contributing editor of Dressage Today, Hillary Moore Hebert, on the show. Hillary, welcome. Hi, guys. We love we. This is our favorite. This is my favorite segment of the of the month because you're. It's we're such a good team now. I love it. And it's. I feel like half the reason I come on is just so you guys shower me with compliments. Every month. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's very true. Gotta motivate people to come on the show. <laughs> exactly. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Well, Hillary, after we a have... long day with the dressage stuff, you know, you get to a point where you're blaming yourself for everything. So it's nice to feel like you can do no wrong on the radio at the end of the day. <laughs> that's why we're Philip and I are here. Let's face it. <laughs> yeah, that's how Glenn gets us every week. Yeah, exactly. Reigns is in. Well, I love it. Well, Hillary, tell us. We have a big show today. What's what are we talking about for our first segment? So I have a bunch of things that are a preview from the May issue. So for subscribers, if you guys have gotten the magazine, otherwise um, go out and get one on newsstands for the May issue. But um, the first uh, article that I wanted to talk about was with Olivia Legoy Welch, and she talks about defining rain aids. And I think um, it's interesting that this is applicable to so many levels um, because she talks about really making sure that you can push your horse from the inside into the outside rein. And I think she says it nicely when she says, you know, a lot of the um, masters talk about riding and slight shoulder four and that I think it takes a while to understand, you know, what, why they say that. And she said, it's really another way of, of talking about having your horse off the inside aids into the outside rein. And so if you ride in slight shoulder four, you have that contact in the outside rein. And she took it a step further. And I liked this of saying it can be a savior if you have a tricky horse because a horse that is focused and, you know, slightly flexed or bent to the inside can't look at things that it's looking at um, to the outside. And also a horse that may have a tendency to be naughty and want to either you know, buck or rear or take off, you have them nicely connected and, you know, soft to that inside rein. And um, she said, you know, uh, she has always been told for any horse, if you come into a problem, whether it's, you know, behavioral like that, or just getting the quality is ride them with their head up and forward into the bridle. So I really liked that as an idea, because whether you're talking about training level or FEI, you know, it can never hurt to be riding with that really steady outside rain contact that's created from having them soft on the inside. 
Yeah, yeah, I like that. Of course, we, you know, dressage riders, we talk about this a lot. And, and I know that Reese and I give tips that basically, uh, you know, come towards the, the same sort of thing. But I like the idea. I don't think we've talked before about giving the horse, um, like a spooky horse or a horse that is a little bit, has a little bit of a behavior issue to give them focus and, and to, uh, really use the energy in the right way that, that you're not just driving them straight ahead all the time that you're, you know, you're using that shoulder in or shoulder four con, you know, with that outside rain contact. I think it's about sort of preparation for, any corner or turn or move always happens to the inside because there's no ring on the outside of you, right? You're against the wall a little bit. So, um, yeah, I like it. I, I like it, I, you know, and, and really pushing the horse there, you know, always, even if they're, if they're steady there, I like to say, okay, can I get a little bit more? Can I make a little bit more pressure again, especially horses that, uh, that I need them to focus a little bit more on what I'm doing. So, um, do you have anything to add there, Reese? No, I think that's great. And I think Olivia, you know, she's a good friend of ours and a good friend on the show. And um, she rides the horse she took to the Pan Am game or was the alternate is a very spooky horse. Um, Lono is his name. And, and she really is a great example of how you can sort of, you know, frame in a spooky horse by really driving them to the outside rain. So if you ever get a chance to watch her, you know, she in person, she does a fantastic job of it. And uh, I think it's just something I always tell that to people, you know, if they're able to ride shoulder four and to drive that horse to the outside rain, um, if they were to spook, you have much more control as you do it. So, uh, no, I think it's a fantastic tip. I have, uh, you know, had some horses too that are very spooky in the ring. And I noticed that it's common when you have someone who's not used to that, their first reaction is either to sort of allow the horse to look at what they're spooking at, or, you know, you are nervous to push them forward because what might they do? Right. Actually, like you said, the best thing to do is to push the horse forward and, you know, act like that thing isn't there so that you can just keep on with your work. And, um, you know, Philip, like what you were saying, it was, um, you know, it allows you to, to have a focus. So instead of just chasing the horse forward, then they might bolt and kind of be out of control. You're filling up the rain contact. So it's into a safer place. Yeah. And I was, I just had a conversation this, uh, this week with a student that, you know, I, I always tell people, even though it doesn't feel safe, I, I prefer a horse that runs away a little bit than one that stops. Because dangerous things happen when horses stop. Mm-hmm. You know, these sp- spooky types. I've had, um, lots of, I've had all kinds of problems, but the biggest, the times where I was in the most danger is the horses that rear and flip. Mm-hmm. So again, I mean, if you're, it, it, it's counterintuitive, but keep on trucking, right? Just keep yeah, moving. Go. <laughs> no, just keep going because when the horse is going, you're, you're going to more or less going to be fine. That's, yeah, uh, that's just my own personal, you know, um, dealing, dealing with problem, problem, problem horses, problem issues that, you know, I'd, I'd rather, much rather be going a little too fast than a little bit too slow. So very good. Well, Hillary, how about our next one? So the next tip that I have is an article on bidding, like the bits that go in the horse's mouth. (laughs) And, um, I think that this is a very interesting point that's in the article and there's a lot of really good points, but If your horse has their bit or bits in, it is helpful to put your fingers in the side of their mouth near where their bit seat is and make sure that you can put 
two fingers between the bit and the top of their mouth because, and this is what was in the article, there's a misconception that large bulky bits are very gentle on a horse, Mm -hmm. but you can get a bit that is too big for a horse's mouth. And for people who have, I have an Arab cross, um, you have some horses tend to have just smaller faces, but are very large horses. So you never know until you kind of look around and, and really look at the size of their mouth. But you don't want to get into thinking that a big bit is gentler. I actually, um, you know, took this to heart with a horse that had a very small mouth and I got the thinnest verdun and lamest that you could get. You know, I have to be careful because it, it can be severe because it's so narrow. But at the same time, too, the horse that I'm talking about was very um, happy to have those in his mouth because you could then close his mouth and have room for his, you know, tongue to exist and everything. So, you know, I think that it's counterintuitive to think about this, but I think it's helpful to be aware because the difference in, and I think we're seeing this more with, you know, the technology that's coming in with really good bit companies, but the difference when you have the right bit or bits is phenomenal. It's true. And I think you're right. I think if you think about it, like if you have a small mouth and you like put your mouth around like a wide pen or, you know, you put something in your mouth, it's hard to hold that. And so I think, you know, just from a logical standpoint, you know, when I was growing up, it was always that, you know, the bigger, thicker bits are, you know, gentler. Mm, not necessarily. Um, and I think that I, I'm kind of a bit junkie myself. I'm not going to lie. I, I love hearing about bits because, there's just so much you can learn and, and, and there's not that much information out. I, I read this article in the magazine because, you know, there's not a lot of information written about it. And I think it's really important to sort of educate yourself as much as possible. Um, and my big pet peeve, honestly, is with double bridles, with the curb bits. Most of the time, if you really look at a curb bit in the horse's mouth, it's too wide. A lot. Yeah, it's hanging and out the side of the it's mouth. Hanging out the side of the mouth. And, yeah. you know, we always look from the front, but in a curb bit, you know, gently be careful when you do this. Don't get popped in the head, but you really should look from the opposite side. You should look from like, you know, put your head between the horse's chest and the bit and really see how wide the bit is because a lot of times they're so wide that it's not good in the horse's mouth. I mean, it's too wide. You know, it's, you yeah. can only see. So, but if you look from the other direction, it looks okay. So I think you really, it's, it's important that you work with someone. I, I have a, uh, you know, one of, one of our, our village members, as I like to say, my team members is a bidding expert and, and I will go to her and I will say, I've got a new horse. This is my issue. And I will have her, if I, I'm anywhere close to her, fit all the horses or at least size the horses. And I think that's incredibly important to do. Um, how about you, Phil? Well, I think, you know, just um, thinking about the horses that we're breeding nowadays have very small heads compared yes. to, uh, you know, warm blood. You know, uh, thoroughbreds are always sort of narrow and small, but all the warm bloods we're breeding now, especially those Rousseau horses. <laughs> yes, I have I say that them. Reese, but yeah, yes, I mean, she's she's got me. two of them, yeah. basically. But and they have quite small mouth. heads, you know, narrow yeah. mouths, and, and there isn't much to them in the mouth. Um, so you've got to be thinking about that when you're when you're bidding and, and each horse is a little bit different and has a little bit different confirmation of their mouth sometimes. And then just preference. Some horses like a real, really narrow bit. So if you're having trouble, don't just keep going wider, 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 try, try different things. I think you got to be sort of somewhat creative or, or 
think out the box outside the box because it can be just a horse's preference to to like uh, a bit that you maybe intuitively don't think about too much. So yeah, well, it's good to always have a really the, uh, yeah. Sorry, I was going to say the one thing too that I noticed speaking of the doubles is there's a lot of emphasis on the um, port in the middle that I think people think they're relieving tongue pressure, but um, you know, you don't realize that when you apply pressure, that's going up in, you know, whatever company you get it from that I don't think people look into enough is a bit that has like a 30 or 35 degree angle forward Mm -hmm. so that when you're not applying pressure on the bit, it can lay flat a little bit better so you can still have a port and there's tongue space, but it's not like a big arch that's going up into the top of their mouth. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think this is, this is for sure a, a lack of education. That's why I was so happy to see this article in the magazine, but I think it just scratches the surface. You know, I, I happened to, it just was a, a chance meeting. I went to a shop in, in Wellington and there happened to be an expert, you know, of one of the representatives from the company. I ended up chatting with her for almost an hour and just looking at each bit and having her explain, you know, I, I, you know, and it's something that I never feel like I know enough or have enough information. And so chatting with her and, and, and really trying to educate myself on why would I go to that bit or, or who should I use that bit for? And it can be an expensive, um, proposition. I mean, I have, I like bits, like I like shoes. So I am always grabbing new bits and like, Ooh, Ooh, let me try that. Or Rolex yeah. is horrible. And I end up buying like addict, 10 bits. Yeah. I am a bit of an addict, but you know, it, it's important because every horse is a little bit different. And yeah, like, can Phil help was your say- training. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And like Phil was saying, like my big guy, Elancourt, he's huge. I mean, he is massive, but he is literally has a four and a half bit. Like that's the size of his bit. You would never look at that horse and think that, but he almost is pony size. He's got such a small mouth. So you never know. Don't look at the size of your horse. It has nothing to do with it. And, and, but Phil's right. I mean, try, Phil was there when we were fitting bits for him. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Oh no, that was his size. And so I think it's really important to, to, if you don't know, talk to your trainer and honestly, your trainer may not know. So talk to somebody, find someone that, that knows, or even bring someone in. It's that important to make sure you have that good of a bit. So I loved this article. I thought it was really, really helpful. I read it twice, actually. I'm not going to lie. It's very, very good. So thank you, Hillary, for I'm glad the magazine covered that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's our next one? So my last tip is not really, you know, just a tip. It's talking about World Cup finals. And there's a test event that's coming up in a couple weeks um, in the beginning of May in Omaha, Nebraska, which I think is very cool because, um, first of all, I went over there when we had a board meeting for the Versace Foundation and got to see the area. But, um, you know, it's really exciting to see that the sport is expanding. Um, you know, you see what happens when, like, what's coming up with things, you know, Rolex in Kentucky and um, you have stuff down in Wellington. And just to have it be that we have events that are happening around the country to get people excited about the sport that may not be, um, you know, interested in spectating otherwise. I just think that this is really neat and it's very unusual. And I know it caught a couple people off guard when they announced that the, that it was located there, but 
if you guys are interested in finding out more or you have friends who live in Australia who maybe aren't dressage people that you want to encourage them to attend. Um, Nancy Jaffer did a, a great coverage and she's con- going to continue to do it, um, you know, leading up to everything. So I, I um, encourage everyone to check that article out because it kind of gets you started and, and ready for what's going to be happening. Yeah, no, right. I'm excited. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, I saw that there's a a few Canadians going to that show in Omaha beginning of, I think it's May 5th to the 7th or something like that. Yeah. And Lauren Spreiser, a good about- friend of her show. Yeah, Lauren Spreiser's going. So we're hoping yeah, to get true. sort of a, you know, just a firsthand uh, kind of account from how it was. And I've seen the venue, actually. I, I ended up going out and doing the Nebraska Horse Fair a couple years ago. And uh, I saw the venue. And it is it is a huge venue. It is a very, very big venue. Um, and Omaha is a really neat city. I, I uh, again, just scratch the surface. We have a friend, Phil and I, that lives out there. And, um, you know, Heidi took me around. And, and I'm looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun. So um, it, it is a cool – but the, but the venue is huge. And they have a lot of events out there, um, you know, not m- more, mostly Western events. So it'll be really fun to see how they, how they do it. And, and the test events – um, are always fun. So I was excited to see that as well. And, and like I said, I, I agree. I think it's fun that our sport is expanding and, and a lot of people from the area will be able to see and be exposed to something a little different than what they see. So I like it. Well, Hillary, thank you again for your time. We always love having you on the show. And how do our listeners find you online? They can check us out at dressagetoday.com as well as Twitter, YouTube, And definitely check out the Facebook page with everything coming up with World Cup coverage. Excellent. Well, we can't wait for next month. Okay. Have a good night. Well, as always, we love when Hillary comes on. Such a fun segment. And after this commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products, we're going to come back with Richard Malgram and we're going to talk about long lining. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. Spring is here, and so are pastures full of luscious green grass. Spring grass is high in vitamins, minerals, and sugar. Most horses have little problem adjusting to the changing sugar levels found in spring pasture, but for at-risk horses, grazing on sugary grass can lead to big problems such as colic or laminitis. By paying attention to daily temperatures and following a couple of simple rules, you can limit your horse's access to such sugar-laden grasses. In the spring and fall of the year, limit grazing or stop it completely when daytime temperatures are warm and nighttime temperatures are below 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Under these conditions, the grass produces sugar during the day and it stores it in its leaves. At night, the plant transfers the stored up sugars to the roots and stems to fuel the growth. If the evening temperatures are cold, the grass will not make that transfer and all of the sugar will remain in the leaves where it is readily available to your horse. In the summer when days are sunny and nights are warm, it is safe to allow grazing in the early morning hours, but it should be restricted late in the afternoon or evening. This is because most of the sugar that was produced the previous day 
has been used for growth overnight. Therefore, the level of sugar in the leaves is low in the morning. But as the day progresses, the grass once again accumulates sugar in its leaves in preparation for nighttime growth. So later in the day, the more sugar-packed leaves become. Because grass is a great source of essential vitamin E, horses that are restricted from grazing, especially easy keepers and horses in hard work, may develop vitamin E deficiencies. Lack of vitamin E can result in sore, stiff muscles and neurological problems. Elevate Maintenance Powder from Kentucky Performance Products is an affordable way to provide your horse with the vitamin E missing from his diet. Each scoop provides 1,000 international units of natural vitamin E, and natural vitamin E is absorbed and retained in the tissues at a much greater rate than the synthetic vitamin E found in many feeds and supplements. Best of all, when you choose a Kentucky Performance Product Supplement, you get a 100% satisfaction guarantee. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, this evening, we are so excited to have Richard Malgram back. He is the co-founder of Sport Horse Legacy, LLC. But also, Richard is an amazing longlining instructor. And uh, I am so happy. Richard, uh, you have been so kind to us this season, being our trainer for the season. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's been fun, uh, you know, that you and Ashley have been able to come out and uh, and get some experience on it. I do really, really Love the long lining and the concept uh, of it. You know, it's it's such a, a great complement to the training program, as I always like to call it. You know, well, Ashley and I are not a complement to our riding program at this point in time, but you are for sure a complement. Ashley and I are still learning how to hold the reins properly, so we're not gonna we're, we're gonna be real here. Um, but I really we have not talked about long lining at all on on our program, and we you know Philip and I really feel like it's an important thing to talk about. So um, you know we did it. We I saw you beginning of the season and and really wanted to kind of learn something new myself, um, and so it's been fun to sort of be in the um, in the I'm learning. Uh, phase, which has been great. So, Richard, can you kind of start from the beginning? This is sort of longlining 101 for everybody to sort of, if you don't know or have experience, um, can you start even very basic? What is the tack that you should be using? Yeah, for sure. I just want to say a few words about the background for me uh, coming from Sweden and uh, a father that was a, a jumper and event rider. And so for me, having become a dressage rider, but um, Growing up, I, I do, did a lot of cross training and I believe very much in the cross training. You know, uh, in Sweden, we had to have the horses in indoors during the winter months. And so then it was obviously hard, but I always signed up for, uh, for one of the, the jumping, uh, lessons, you know, just in the week to be able to, to have some fun and keep that cross training happening uh, during those months that we were more in the indoors in Sweden. And again, that's how I see the thing with the long lining. I believe it is a very good, you know, uh, complement to the training. And again, it's another uh, cross training uh, opportunity to, uh, to have. And um, it is, you know, very important to have um, the right equipment to, uh, to start this. And uh, you can really, get in trouble um if you don't have the equipment because you have a lot of feet of of um 
of rain. And of course, I can't think of, you know, because most of the the things are measured in, in meters. And I think it's um, 12 meter uh, long rains. And I don't know what that converts into the to the feet. But that is a, a leather rains. And that is very important because that has a natural feeling in the in the horse's bit. And then you have a special surcingle that have um, standing lines uh, or rings on the surcingle, uh, both on both sides of the of the surcingle. So again, without a picture, it's kind of hard to describe, but it's it's standing up rings so that the 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 leather reins can flow free through the the rein. So that the instant that you give, you know, on a rein, that there is a, a an instant release in the uh, in the bit to the horse because basically what long lining is is that that you're riding the horse from the ground and there is a lot of ways to do uh long lining you know the the way that i have been taught long lining and the way that i do long lining is uh the system that is being taught out in the swedish academy and uh, that's basically that you are a little bit on the inside of the horse so not straight behind the horse and that you're about a whip length, uh, a, a long, long lining whip, which is a, a whip that is made for driving pairs. So it's a little bit longer than just a, a, a regular a single driving whip. So that you are, are away from, in case that the horse were to kick out against you, then, then you're, you're, you're free and safe from that. But yet again, you're close enough to be able to influence the horse with the whip, you know. And then that gives you the opportunity to see the horse pretty much from a trainer's perspective. And uh, that gives a great benefit to be able to see your horse. Because as we all know, we take lessons from trainers because we need the feedback, you know, of how the horse is is, uh, is evading, you know, when you're riding it. And here you get a chance to see this, um, you know, when you are long lining the horse. Because it is very transparent, you know. You have, you know, less points of contact. Uh, compared to when you when you ride a horse, as we all know too, just to go back further, horses weren't made to carry anything. You know, when when they were mm-hmm. uh, when they were uh, put on this earth, so uh, you know they are already heavier on the front end to begin with. So when we get on them, they increases with the weight on the front, and uh, our job is to uh, train the horse to carry more on the haunches. So that's another opportunity on the long line to the horse to be able to find his or her own balance, you know, without the additional weight on top. And I like to compare it sometimes to uh, to make an analogy a little bit about a person going to the gym and just using his or her own body weight with pull-ups and push-ups. You know, you are what you are. You know, you can't, you know, if you're uh, 120 pounds or you're 180 pounds or you're 250 you know, you know, when you pull you up, that's, that's what it is. And and it's a little bit with a horse, you know, when you, we don't have a rider to use the leg aids and the seat aid and the weight aid uh, on top of the horse to, uh, to lift the horse up and to support the horse, then it is the horse that has to do this on its own. And we know that horses evade through crookedness, speed, and inversion, you know, and of course, a mixture of them. You know, the first thing that I address on the long line is uh, straightness and uh, aligning the, the the back and get the horse to become more ambidexter from behind. Which and, is very uh, hard. I will just I will just <laughs> jump in. 
that that sounds very simple. And actually, when Richard does it, it's it's very good. But when you get back there and you have to sort of turn, it's fine when you're going straight, but then you have to turn. And that's welcome not... to the world of driving. Holy smoke, geez. I'm telling you, I just wanted to stop you because, Richard, that sounds so easy. But that is so hard. Yeah, no, I mean, it is, it is, um, it's not easy. It, I definitely believe that it is, it is, uh, riding from the ground. You're using the whole arena. You're not just standing on a circle, uh, because then that is, is a little bit like double lunging, but that's not what long lining is. You're using the whole arena and the goal is that you should do movements such as like yield shoulder ends, you know, half passes and, and turn on the haunches and, and, uh, squares and, and figures, you know, and then you can start working on, on, on pirouette work and, and so forth. So, you know, you are really riding the horse from the ground and you're using the whole arena. So you, you move a lot. Uh, and that's something that's very important that you, you're, um, you're able to control that and, uh, in lengthening the reins and shortening reins. And that is, uh, as I say, the same thing when you ride. What you can't do in walk, there's no way you can do it in trot and canter. So always go back to a slower gait if you feel you're getting out of out of out of sync or out of rhythm or you're starting to lose the control. And then uh, think about how this, that it is really hard uh, for the horse sometimes. And if you're if you're asking the horse to maybe do a leg yield and uh, you think that well normally that's not so hard. You know, because when I ride the horse, but here, you know, you don't have an outside leg to support the horse with in your seat eight and the weight eight. The horse has to carry that. And and as I said, they are crooked, just like we are. You know, we're left-handed or right-handed. You know, the horse is the same thing. So when he has to carry himself on on a weaker weaker leg, you know, and and you are, you know, asking maybe more than he feels that he can do, he is going to take off in the speed evasion, you know, and uh, and try to get away and and that is um that can be dangerous a horse can do a 180 um turn or a 360 turn and then you're you're really in trouble you know so it's so important you know to uh to be able to find the rhythm find your body position using the whip because the whip is your leg aid you know uh that's the that's your your leg both when the horse wants to come in with the shoulder you have to use the whip up front and then to drive the horse forward, you have to use the whip behind you. And, uh, and so, and then you, of course, your body position. But the way that, that again, without describing it more, but the way that we're standing a little bit three quarters in, you know, you have a, a clear line of sight to the horse's eye. Cause as we know, the horse's eye constructs it that he can see backwards. So that is what's so important that you have that so that the horse can see when you put the whip up front, when you put the whip behind and that you when you move towards the haunches that he can turn in and that you're not blocking him to turn uh, on a left turn when if you are going to the to the left then it's important that you move towards the haunches and it's it's uh it definitely is uh is a skill and it definitely takes time but it's just like riding you know you got to give practice gives perfect you got to do <laughs> it and do it and um, and you know the most important thing is that you have a horse that is um, that is a little bit forgiving and that is not too too uh, uh, sensitive is my would be my uh, advice. You know, so when you safety, want to start safety factor, safety first, right? Yeah. Before you get behind, yeah, it's it, just a pair of lunge line or a 
a pair of uh, long lines and, and a whip. That yes. uh, I think you, you have the horse has to really trust you. I think that's really important. Absolutely, and again, that's why I can't stress enough about about like having correct leather reins uh, because we know that should something terrible happen, it's easier that a leather rein breaks than a nylon. You know, uh, yeah, nylon break it off. And, oh. and uh, yeah, and then uh, you know some of these long line uh, sur singles that they sell, you know, don't have the rings that are standing up. They just have flat laying D rings, and um, right. that is just detrimental because then you don't then the horse is not going to feel when you do a give uh, on the rein. And and that's so important, just like when you're riding, you know, the horse needs to feel then when you, when you take a half halt, and when you release, you know? And so the equipment is very important. And then the safety of having a contained uh, arena, you know, where you either have fences around or in an indoor that you have the kick walls and stuff, because, you know, it can easily happen that you, you lose, you, you drop a horse or the horse stays at a, a 360 yeah. and, and you can't really <laughs> untangle that. And if you try to, to do it, then sometimes they can again get panicked, you know, and so it's more better to just sort of like stop and not try yeah. to fix it because sometimes fixing it can be, be escalating it, you know, and with, so uh, safety is a huge factor. And, you know, we've seen this too mistake made with uh, driving reins. They, they connect on the ends. Okay. So you actually connect your reins together, but when you're, when you're long lining on the ground, you don't do that. And the reason is your horse gets away from you, which by the way, I was training a hackney bolting pony. Um, yep. And, you know, he, he did get away from me once or twice when he bolted. Yep. Uh, and yep. you don't want those reins to be connected no. together to get a wrap around. So, but I've seen people do that, and yep. it's a big mistake. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, first of all, it gets wrapped around you for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Thing. Then you're going to yep. get, well, yeah. Yeah. You're getting drug along. Or let's they, just let. You know, I, I, we were getting wrapped up in the reins at the halt. So I'm just saying, (laughs) but I was also going to say, I think it's really important. Um, like I said, Richard has been so patient with us this year, but having an instructor who actually knows what they're doing. And then, you know, there were three of us out there. And I think, you know, certainly when Ashley and I go home without Richard, which is a frightening thought, um, no, actually we're getting much better because we've been taking now lessons, um, and we both have lessons, but to have two people, um, out there. So, yeah. uh, you know, if you, you get sort of tangled up, which yeah. happens, um, that you, that, that somebody can sort of just stand with the horse and you can get organized. Yeah, grab, the, grab the head. Yeah. yeah. And everything yeah, he talked about idea. is what we're doing is to get in preparation for putting the shafts on. Because once you put the shafts on, you're introducing a whole other aspect to it. The horse, but the horse already knows how to move its back end and and its front end, knows what the whip cues are, so that so that that's easier when you put the shafts on, and the horse starts freaking out a little bit about that for the first couple times. Uh, they they kind of have yeah, an that, understanding of what to do with those shafts that you know they're not they're not going to eat them at that point. Yeah. yeah. No, and I I think that it's it's a lot of people ask me, you know, it's like does this long lining, is that something you do in the backing stage and, and stuff? And, and, um, when I worked at the hilltop, we had a lot of young horses that we, we started under saddle and, um, we did incorporate a version of, of long lining, you know, not the type of, of long lining that, that, that I'm doing, you know, to, to train with a, with a horse that's like confirmed training level and going under saddle. Uh, there's a whole different, uh, sort of, introduction of the the long line in the steering in the backing stage you know um and 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 that's you know just it definitely is 
a great tool in so many ways. And, and it's yeah, interesting to hear you're reasons, saying, yeah. yeah, interesting to hear about how then, you know, then you guys are using the, the long lining to then introduce the, the pull in the carriage. And again, it's just because the, the equestrian sport, you know, it, it has so many, there's a red thread in so many ways, you know, through these disciplines that we're doing. Uh, and that goes for, uh, for driving as well, because, the, you know, you guys, a lot of the, the top drivers, they ride their horses, they train their horses to do, you know, uh, all the movements that has to be done both in the cross country, uh, phases and then in the discipline, the cones and so forth, you know, yeah. so it's so interesting with our, with our sport. And I just believe so much in finding that red thread and you in cross training in in uh in working with our horses to me that is the key to success and uh, and to talk with with eventers to talk with with jumper people and um it's just always interesting because there are there are things that you can you can pick up from them and uh and i just think that we we don't do enough of that cross training work and, and socializing with the other people in the other disciplines enough. I think it would be fun to do much more of that. In in Sweden and in, in Germany and Europe, you know, a lot of these shows are combined with the eventing, the jumping and the dressage show. So everybody is 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 doing them. And in the lower levels, the the riders do their horses in all the disciplines. So it's it's just much, much more of a of a cross training what's the word cross training philosophy. endeavor for the, yeah, for the young horse yeah yeah, yeah no yeah. I th- and and even for our horse we're we, we're bringing an older horse he's 12 um and it's been very very helpful because uh his name is merlin and merlin uh has been great because he actually has been slightly complicated and he is also in the riding not not in a bad way he just he's kind of a wiggle worm so he does not have the speed evasion thankfully there's no speed involved with what we do <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see you running around after after Merlin, actually. <laughs> well, there's no speed. speed. Yeah, yeah, there's no speed. Yes, you can. We'll, we'll okay. have to have Phil down when when um, Richard comes from clinic. But we um, there's no speed, thankfully. But there's a lot of other other things, and it's really helped us with riding and helped us, you know, with this getting. He's especially slow in his left hind leg, and that's been very very helpful to to use this technique. And um, I think for riders, and that's a lot of why. Uh, I took the time and, and I took Ashley, my assistant, uh, is I felt like this is a, it's a really cool technique that I, I've never really learned. And so I think it's always important, uh, for all of us to, uh, contact a professional and, and maybe learn something new and different. So, um, Richard, I, I can't thank you enough, uh, personally for, for putting up with us, but also for coming on the show. Uh, and if people have any questions, uh, how can they reach you? Yeah, Richard, I just wanted to ask you, I mean, you're doing clinics all over the place in, in the States now, are, are you not? Yeah, I'm doing a, a you little bit here and there. We're friends on Facebook and you've been traveling different yeah. areas and I think that's great because it's there's not a lot of people that, that do this and do this nope. with sort of a dressage background in mind and and, the, and just the way that, that you do it, I think it's very helpful for people. So I just wanted to say, yeah. that, you know, draw attention to that. Yeah, no, usually it's just been, you know, uh, through word of mouth and, 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 uh, contacts that I've, I've had over the years. And, uh, uh, you know, as I said, though, it's, it's just a, a really, um, uh, it, it takes a lot of, a lot of work and, uh, you know, you move a lot. And so there's only so much that you can actually, you know, do with the long lining. Um, as far as physically, uh, uh, you can only, you know, sometimes when you do, 
eight horses at a clinic, you know, you're about 12, 13 miles, you know, that yeah. you're, <laughs> you're moving, yes. yeah. you know? Yeah, so, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's something that I, I, I have not marketed, uh, because again, I, 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 I have to turn down, uh, business for, uh, or requests for that. So it's just, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, again, have gotten through word of mouth and, and from people that I've, I've helped and, uh, that have been, you know, students and, and other trainers, um, uh, through the years, you know, so, uh, it's, um, you know, it's, it definitely is great that there's uh, an interest for it. And I do believe in it so much. Again, it's just it's like with anything, you know, it needs to be in the right hands. Uh, and, and it's very, uh, it's very, um, uh, like I always say after my, my, my session with a horse, I always point out how important it is that you see this level of contentness in the horse, <laughs> that the eye is soft, the nostrils aren't big and flaring that he isn't or she isn't nervous when I approach to either switch direction or to gather the reins at the end of the session, you know, that, that there's that calmness, you know, the horse really walks through its body at the end and is just feeling pride in the work that he's done. Just like we would have, if we'd gone to the gym and done, you know, just body work, pull-ups, push-ups and sit-ups, you know, we would feel pretty proud of ourselves, you know, and that's what it's supposed to be. You know, it's not supposed to be, that you're feeling like your bicep is, is, is burning because you had so much in your, in your outside rain, you know, and that you were quote unquote, like, this is a joke, but like water skiing behind the horse, that's that then, then something is wrong. If the horse is, 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 is shaking and the horse is, is nervous and, and it's a little bit afraid of you, you know, then it's, then it's not done right. You know, it's supposed to be a very, very pleasant uh, experience and it's just supposed to be, loosening work, you know, where everything starts, you know, recycling over the back, you know, and, and that is, that is the key. And I always say that when I go to places, this is not like, you know, the often massage training, uh, when I come to do the long lining, you know, it is about working on straightness, ambidexter, contact, grueness, and then get this recycling of energy over the back, you know, and I like to say that you're supposed to stretch something out before you put it together. And if I were to help somebody with, with the Piaf and Passage, I don't think that I would do so much of the, on the long line. I would actually rather do it more on a short rein, you know, walking next to the horse, uh, that, that, uh, uh, yeah, sort of the short rein working. So it is, it is, uh, it is important to emphasize, you know, that is, it's, it's, uh, it, it needs to be done in the right way. It's not just to, to put the reins on and, and start, you know, going out yeah. there and, and that. Oh, so let me tell you, it, it doesn't happen it, that way, everybody. It's, it's very, very no. challenging, but yeah. um, so, for sure, if, if Richard is in your area or you have a chance to see someone who's an expert in long lining, I would highly suggest going and then uh, learning if, if you have the opportunity. So Richard, thank yes. you so much for coming on the program. How would our listeners find you online? Uh, Richard, Mongren, uh, us on Facebook. That's, uh, that's, uh, I think the best way to, uh, to reach me, uh, uh, uh in, in today's, uh, social media world. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you, Richard. Yep. We appreciate and it. Again, thank you for having me. All right. See you guys. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. 
Well, for today's Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week, we have Ken Huber, who is an auditor for the Horse Radio Network. Ken asked in the auditor's page this week, and Phil, this is for you and I, how do you try, how do you try and develop your horses equally on both sides? So Phil, take it away. I think the first step is developing your riding skills on each side. Um, try to do that first equally because obviously if you're not good with your left hand and your left leg, it's very hard to train the horse. So it sort of goes hand in hand. And, and I think the first step in that is sort of, um, assessing, you, you know, your abilities on the two sides to say, you know, how much do I need to do here? Um, you can do it off the horse and building strength, um, you know, flexibility, you know, these types of things so that you, you try before even sitting on a horse to say, I'm doing the best job I can and being as equal as I can on both sides with my own body. Um, and then, and then we know that, that, uh, some horses are, like for me, if a horse is bad on the right, I can fix that pretty quick, you know, because I'm, I'm good with my right hand and my right leg. But if the horse is bad on the left and I'm not as good on the left, then it's going to create more issues that are, I'm going to have to spend more time on. Um, and then just sort of, I've got to sort of feel it out, feel the horse out a little bit and then, uh, and then just daily thinking about it and, and maybe spending a little bit more time on the side that's not as developed and, and trying to do my, the best to, to help the horse. I think eyes on the ground help you to, you know, sort of, um, thinking about the same things, like, you know, someone that can help you to say, listen, you're not, you're not as sharp with your left leg. You've got to work on that. You're, your your left hand is not as good you know it's crossing the wither or it's doing weird stuff that your right hand doesn't you know work on that so yeah having somebody on the ground or we talk a lot about using videos and and um and and using that as a a training tools uh i think is you know some great stuff what do you think reese yeah no i i agree i i think honestly one of the things that i i always watch is that i'm training my horse equally time-wise left in the right side. And I know that sounds silly, but we all have a preference. And so if you're just kind of riding, you're like, wow, you know, typically I'm right-handed. So most of my horses are hollow left, stiff right. So if I really don't, if I'm not paying attention, I find myself going left a lot. Like, wow, I'm awesome. I'm going left. My horse feels great. I'm like, (laughs) you dumb dumb, you haven't gone right. You know, so I think one of the things for me is just paying attention. And it sounds so silly, but I find it with myself that I am really working both sides equally, if that makes sense. Like just time-wise, that I'm spending the same amount of time left as I am right. I have a tendency, and I know this about myself, that I will spend more time left, almost always. Um, so I really have to say, hey, did you go right? <laughs> like, have you have you worked that problem left and right? So I think it's easy when you're doing a movement, like say you're doing shoulder and left, obviously you're going to do shoulder and right. But if you're working something that is not, um, let's say you're working transitions and you do, you know, multiple transitions in, in a row, you have to say, okay, let me make sure that I change direction and I do the same amount of transitions on the right side as the left side. So that's one of the things that just on a high level, when I read that question, I thought, you know, I know that sounds so beginner or so, you know, just basic, but I think I find myself doing that. Um, you know, again, um, we've talked about it before and actually I learned about it here on the show is the warm up pattern. Um, and, and you can, that came from Gina Smith from Canada and, and we haven't 
actually talked about that in a long time. I literally use that warm up pattern every day on almost every horse. And um, just to quickly, yeah, it's, just, yeah, it's, it's like the warm up pattern is is almost yeah. like a basic training yeah. level dressage test that you're doing everything sort of symmetrically and, and yes. you know you do a 20 meter circle here and then you change direction you do sort of the same thing on the other side walk chalk canner and so yeah. yeah i can help you to just um just make sure you go through each step yeah. equally on both sides equally both and, sides and, and, so, and assessing those things i think yeah. for me i think um you know on the non-dominant side you're you're weaker but you're also slower and so mm-hmm. i think not about being trying to be stronger on the on the bad side but just being quicker so to yes. uh, assess the yep. problems and fix the problems quicker, you know, my hand and my leg is just that little bit slower to fix problems. And I think that's where the, the trouble gets, gets created. I don't, you know, you okay. never want to ride stronger, 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 but no. quickness is, is really a key tool to developing um, good horses that are equal on both sides, that, that they react properly and quickly to, to the legs and to the hand and to the seat and, and all that good stuff. So I think, um, hopefully we've given a few things for, for our listeners to think about. Yeah, and, I have one more for, thing, Phil, to ask yeah, is, yeah. is I think just, again, it's, it's common sense, but you don't think about it. You know, when you're grooming your horse, it's one of those times that you really should not just be, you know, knocking the dirt off. You should actually be looking at your horse's muscles and looking at the horses developed. And I think it's really important even to stand, you know, obviously carefully, don't get kicked in, in the face, but, you know, stand <laughs> behind your horse. You know, look, is, is my horse being developed equally left and right? I, it sounds silly, but I think it's something you should be doing, you know, on a weekly basis. I mean, I know people that take pictures of their horse weekly to make sure oh, that. It's so easy, right? You got your yeah. phone there. Just go ahead. Yeah. You know, take a picture every Monday yeah. and just, you know, take a picture from the same angle and just see if your horse, how your horse is developing. And I think that's important to do. And actually, it's one of those things that I kind of, focus one of my veterinarians says she does that for something every week and i thought well why am i not doing that so uh i think that's important yeah. too as you can really you just that. reminded me with the grooming thing and somebody yeah uh, told me when i was younger is uh you try and groom your horse with your with your non-dominant hand yes so for me i'm right-handed yeah. uh, left hand i try and use the hard. brushes equally on both sides it's, it's hard yeah. it's, it's hard. hard i can do it i can do it well now because i actually worked on you it but that was it, yeah. that was a good part of sort of training you know, again, things off the horse to help you with, with your problems. Um, you know, try doing some stuff, make yourself do it with, with the other hand. And, and it's really you know, hard. Will, yeah, yeah. It will d- certainly help you when you're on the horse. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, it will. So, you know, just little things like that, that I, I it's, it's actually, you know, a simple, but very complicated question. Um, you know, because I think riders, obviously we're left and right handed horses. They have a dominant and, and a weaker side. And so, you know, it's, it's two beings and that's normal. I think every horse has that and something that, that you have to think about too. And when you ride, you know, really think which one is my horse's stiff side and which horse's side is my, is the horse's hollow side. Um, and that will help you a lot. So again, I hope that helps. That's a great question. That's a loaded question. Actually, it sounds <laughs> so simple, but it, but it is. Well, thanks for that guys. And don't forget, if you want to become an auditor, you can go to the dressage radio show uh, website and there's an auditor link right in the middle of the page. It's for as little as a dollar a month. You can join the cool kids club. <laughs> yeah, it's true. We love it. We get questions yeah. directly and we can try and answer. Them. We, so that's yeah. Bill and I are on the thread. So we get, and it is such an active page. It's awesome. It's 
that's the most active Facebook page that I'm even associated with. And it's great. Like, honestly, sometimes there's great entertainment. That I, it's I'm true. Flipping through during they the talk day about the weirdest like, stuff in there. It's <laughs> great. <I love> it. <laughs> All right. So uh, we have a shout out first. Uh, but I wanted to ask you guys before we get to that, you, you a total saddle fit has a new girth. Have either of you tried it yet? And tell me about it. I don't know anything about it. I heard they have a new girth. Yeah, so they do. They have a new girth and it's fantastic. Justin sent us, Justin's so fantastic and he's such a great supporter of the show, but he's really great. He sends us all of the products for us to test and he really has been fantastic about it. And I love this girth. This girth actually, what it has is it has um, two pieces that are, um, and I could be wrong, but they're, they're stretchy. So when you girth the horse up, I think, um, Phil, you can jump in here too, but you girth the horse up and the, the girth actually flexes. So if you have a horse, I, I have a horse that's girthy, um, and I put it on him and he likes the shoulder relief girth. He actually got better just with the regular version of the, to- uh, the shoulder relief girth, but I put the stretchy version of it on. He's even better and and that's not actually an exaggeration because he's really a stinker to girth up and it's you know oh he's yeah. been checked and yeah the new one is <laughs> called the stretch check the stretch tech shoulder relief girth if you're checking it out on the totalsaddlefit.com website and it's uh connected in the middle by a piece of elastic so a lot of the girths have elastic for the buckles to help you get it up but this yeah, one toward the ends uh, usually yeah yeah, it's in yeah the but this one's through the middle uh, and I think it helps for the comfort of the horse and also gives a uh, room for the horse's chest to expand and contract as basically that as makes they a breathe. lot of sense, actually. So the horse <laughs> I'm can telling you, Justin, easier, it's right? so, smart. so it's right in the middle there. And, yep. uh, and I think it makes them more comfortable. Uh, yeah. It, like, it has really made both. my girthy horse better. I'm telling you, he, uh, you know, um, one of my biggest pet peeves is when the girls, you know, tighten the girths really tight and right. I watch them, you know, the yeah. horses are standing waiting, sort of waiting for me to come grab them or, or the next group or whatever. And now, uh, you know, I'm, yell- I'm constantly yelling at them to don't do that. Well, this girth, even if they were to do that, that girth, it, it expands. So the, so the horses, especially the sensitive ones, I have really, it's been great. And they have, they have actually different covers. We have a fleece cover. Justin sent it to us. And, yeah, and the liner, the, yeah, the liner. Liners. You, you can, mm-hmm. Yeah. Fleece cover. So, and there's a, um, it's a neoprene that you can just hose off, which is awesome. Especially when it's sweat, they get sweaty. Uh, you just hose it off and it's great. So, um, Justin at Total Saddle Fit is fantastic. He's been on the show. Um, please contact him if you have any horses with, with girthing issues because he's super nice. He's super easy to talk to. Um, he'll chat with you about your horse. And this is a great option. I, like I said, for any girthy horse, this is a great option. But it makes sense. The horse It, it expands and contracts when the horse as they move and as they breathe. Um, so, Justin, another win. He's so smart and uh, <laughs> does a great job. So, definitely take take a look at this girth, uh, totalsaddlefit.com, and, uh, and or send him an email. He's super easy to get in touch with, and he's great with answering emails. So, um, we hope that helps. I think it's a great product. Terrific. And now you got some love. Did you did did you want to read it, Philip, or do you want me to read? Yeah, it? I, well, all right, you can you can read it. <laughs> well, yeah, I like yeah, it when you come so on the nice. show. Nice, this and, made my day. And I loved it. I think her name's Anne because she never really signed it. But Anne, uh, I'm judging that by her email address, sent this and said, "Hi, recent Philip. Just wanted to say I love your show, and I recently started listening. I listen every day at work, and it makes my day go by quickly." You guys have inspired me to start my own blog, so thank you for putting the horse passion back in my life. 
That guy's, by the way, oh. you should be in tears. That is the. I no, actually, I did just that, tear up a little. That I'm is not the, lie. for us doing oh. the job that we do. That is the. That's what we strive for, right? Is to elicit this kind of passion in people. So for you to get that compliment, you should be very proud because that's what we live for. Right. Yeah, I'm so proud. And thank you. I know I'm like, I'm, I teared up a little. We love, that was awesome. we love talking to the people with their horse blogs and we get them on every once in a while because those are great ways for people to communicate about their horse experience. And, and, you know, it sort of creates a community, just like we were talking yeah. about the auditor page. You know, there's a great community of horse people out there. And there's so many ways that the internet is bringing people together and our, our show I, that we hope that it's bringing people together and, and sometimes solving issues or just talking about issues. And yeah, I think it, it brings out yeah, great horse, we love it. horsemanship and, and good things. Yeah. Well, so that's, what, that's what we're here for. And that's what we're trying to do every week. And uh, we're glad that I'm glad to be part of the team. And Glenn, you have such a great team on the Horse Radio Network. And, you know, Phil and I uh, are great friends. And, and it just, it, it really does. It's really nice. And, and we really do try very hard. And uh, please, you know, as always, we're, we're very accessible. We love email shout outs and Facebook uh, pages. And if you have any questions, that's what we're here for. And we're always if looking we can, to have people yeah. come on, the, be brave and come on the show yes, and talk to us about horse training us. Use. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we love it. So that's what we're here for, and, and we really enjoy doing it every week. And and that really uh, that did that made me brought a little tear to my eye. So well, Anne, thanks should. so and we're much. We're proud to have you guys too. Well, thanks. Well, we're getting better. We're we're coming. I up might even that. buy you dinner next week, Reese. I know. I'm gonna see Glenn next <laughs> week. It's gonna be fun. I I was trying to entice Philip to come down. I don't know if it would work this year, but maybe next year. Yeah, we can take him out to cross country day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm going to stay up here. I'm Show him how the other half lives. He's, he's, he's working hard, everybody. I've just put quotation marks around that. Air quotes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> For sure. Well, everybody, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. You can like us on Facebook. Just search Dressage Radio Show. Philip is great about answering questions on that. Follow us on Twitter <laughs> at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the easiest ways to contact me is through Facebook or my email at philip at horseradionetwork.com. Like I thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a great show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back and we will talk to you next week.